on Saturday, March 21st in Burleson, Texas at Graceview Baptist Church. We are having our Southwest Conference. It's called Contending for the Gospel, Protecting Orthodoxy and Promoting Unity. This one-day conference is a must-attend event if you are in the area and love the local church, love theology, and love unity. Head on over to DoctrineAndDevotion.com for more details. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. You okay? Yeah. Your throat okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Are you sure? Mm -hmm. A little... Are you thirsty? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for for the reminder. Mm. Hey, you're back. I'm back. I Here I you. am. Yeah, I, I missed, missed you. you. I missed you too. Mm. You know? Oh, you don't really seem to miss me this morning. I had nobody me. to watch the Super Bowl with. Ugh. Oh, you were you weren't gonna watch? I it. was totally gonna watch it. Who who with was you. playing? Who was playing? Obviously, the the winners of the divisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the conferences. Yes, yeah, the winner of the conferences. Exactly. Well done. Well done. Huh. You know what happened while you were gone? You probably don't know this story. I probably don't know this story. Let me hear the story. Do you know what happened third service? On which day? On the Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah. All right, what happened? So I'm preaching, obviously, mm, right? Obviously. Okay, first service, preached, eh, you know, whatever. Second service, um, I preached, and I still was like, I, I, I want to I preach it better. Yeah, yeah. So then... Uh, th- so I told Brian in the booth, I was like, hey, listen, uh, get ready to use third service because they record all three and then they use the best one to go online with the least mistakes. And I said, all right, so I'm, we're going to use the third one because I'm, I'm going to really work hard on cleaning up my mess. And he's like, great. So um, I get up there, got my Bible in my hand, you know, and mm-hmm. I, get, I got my tabs in my Bible, yeah, so yeah. my scripture references, my notes are taped yep. in there. It's so already, already. Mon spaghetti. Never forgetty. Chris Bobletti. So I open up my Bible and I'm like, all right, everybody, open up your Bibles to Isaiah chapter six. We're continuing our series called God Is, which is an exploration. And a fantastic series. So we're doing all that, right? And then I look down and I realize I got the wrong Bible. You, which one? Did you take the new NASB up one or no? No, no, no. I took... Uh, I took I took a, an other ESV Bible that I used months ago that still had tabs and notes in it. Aww. And I was like, <clears throat> hey, now, what's up? <laughs> I got the wrong Bible. <laughs> and so I'm thinking in my head, like on the spot, I'm like, do I do I go hang on everybody and then run out of there like a goof? And- or do you do what you did? You know what? One of the first times I heard you preach, mm-hmm. so I was in Canada, was researching. Mm-hmm. You had just gotten back from uh, Japan. All right. Okay. Just, okay. Just got, this is 2012. Okay. All right. Early February. Right. You preached and you're up there and you're like, Hey guys, I forgot my notes. Jen, Jen, can you go get my notes? (laughs) And Jen ran to your office to get your notes. Yeah, that's what I did. Except uh, Jen was Steve McCoy this time. (laughs) I said, Hey Steve, go, uh, go, can you give me one, run into my office and get my note, get my Bible. So so what'd you do with the dead air time? Oh, I just continued. I could preach it without notes, but I just, Mm. I get a little nervous. Mm, Nice. And this one would have been easier because it's a walkthrough of Isaiah 6 as we explored, you know, so holiness of God. Yeah. It would have been easier to do than some of the others, but it was fine. And Steve came back in with the Bible as I'm finishing up the intro and Mm. I go, thanks, boo-boo. And then I get it going. So, yeah. He's your boo-boo? Well, when you're not here, he's my boo-boo. That's what you call me. Yeah. I'm just a little, I'm a little hurt. It's okay. I'm a little hurt Mm -hmm. that you would talk about my best friend, Steve, like that. Yeah. I bet you are. Jealous little person. Anyways. Anyway, so I, well, I had a great time. Thank you for asking. Appreciate yeah, it. Well, you were, it was a work visit. You couldn't even watch the Super Bowl. Well, you I told did. me I, you I were up, miserable. I woke up in the middle of the night. Yeah, you told me it. you were bored and wanted to come home. Of course. Yeah. I missed my wife. Yeah. So, Wives. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So today, what are we talking about, Jimmy? We're going to be looking at the 1689, starting off uh, chapter 26, paragraphs one and two on the church. It's a new chapter. New chapter. So I'm going to go ahead and read paragraph one. The Catholic or universal church, which, with respect to the internal work of the spirit and truth of grace, may be called invisible, consists of the whole number of the elect that have been, are, or shall be gathered into one, under Christ, the head thereof, and is the spouse, the body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. And people ain't going to like that. Mm. Catholic. Oh. Catholic. But, well, but, but that's small c. Catholic. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's small c. I don't care c. if you italicize it, bold it, or underline it. It still says Catholic. <laughs> it still says Catholic, and so you have an issue with the word. It's, it's small c. We're not talking about the Roman Catholic oh, Church, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is, you know, the RCC is usually capitalized. You down with RCC? Yeah. No, you. No, no I'm not. You know me. No, you know me. Yeah. You know me. Yeah. Right. It even says that. that. It even says, like, the Catholic or universal church. So when we're talking about the Catholic Church, we're talking about the universal church. Yeah. What, what is the universal church? What is that? Well, I mean, we're talking about like the invisible church. It actually talks about here, yeah. everyone that consists, the whole number of the, of, uh, of the elect that have been, right. are now, or shall be gathered into one. Right. Yeah, the people frequently have said it's it's all the elect of all the ages is yeah. the invisible church. And that's a that's a kind of a beautiful concept, right? You just think of all the believers throughout mm. the span of history, throughout the history of redemption, right? Old covenant saints, new covenant saints, the, the, the those that have known God, who have had their sins forgiven, we all make up one body, one family, yeah. one church, right, in that sense. And so that's what we're talking about, this Catholic or universal church. Now, there are some people that don't like this idea of a universal church or an invisible church. They want to build a wall they between do. the churches. They do. They well because or the, the 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 countries of the churches. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I do know that. <laughs> so uh, what's the issue? What's the issue with the? That's a beautiful concept. That's a beautiful picture of this grand church that the Lord has gathered together yeah. of every tribe, tongue, and nations. What issue would someone have? The basic problem that, and, and and some of these guys are called landmarkers, and I think the, the I think the guy behind it was a guy named Graves, but uh, I don't remember at this point. But um, but landmarkism is this idea that there there is no universal church; there are only local churches, and and um, and they they argue essentially that when the Bible talks about the church, it's always talking about local churches. It's it's not talking about this concept of an invisible church, and there perhaps they get to that place because the scripture does overwhelmingly speak of local churches. When it's talking about um, <coughs> ecclesia, yeah. uh, they, are, they are talking about local churches with pastors and congregants and yeah. all of that. But with officers and yeah, leadership. Yeah, yeah. yeah discipline, yep. ordinances. Yep. yep. But there are passages that clearly speak of, uh, of the universal church. Yeah, uh, Colossians 1.18, and he is the head of the body, the church, he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Yeah, that's pretty clear. Yeah, that's pretty Head clear. of the body, the church. The, no. the church. The church. Not, 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 not your church. Not FBC. First Baptist Church? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Not, not just a bit like, yeah. But like the church, uh, Ephesians 5.23, so many Christians know this. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, mm. his body, and is himself its savior. Pretty clear. Yeah, Matthew 16, 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's my favorite one. Is it? I love that. And it, it, it's, it's a great promise. It shows Christ's sovereignty, his authority, and yeah, yeah. the unity of his 
church. Yes. I mean, come on. That's great. Like, so clearly, clearly the idea of a universal church yeah. is important. It is biblical, therefore it is important. But the question that we're asking is, so what? We always ask, so what? Yeah. So what? Why is this important? Yeah. What, what relevance is this to us today? And so, you know, what is the takeaway from the teaching in Scripture of one church, which is yeah. Christ's body, of which he is the head, for which he died, which Christ promises to continually build. Yeah. For me, I think it's incredibly encouraging, right, that there should be then unity among Orthodox believers, mm -hmm. even when we're separated, separated by like these secondary issues, right? Right. So Separated can, doctrin doctrinal issues. So we can, we can disagree on, uh, on baptism. Yeah. Like on, uh, we can disagree on um, polity, on some yes. of those things. We, yeah. we, we can disagree on, on even doctrines like election and, uh, and, and limited atonement versus unlimited atonement. And we're still brothers and sisters in Christ if we're orthodox in our understanding. And of course, you know, paring that down in terms of what it means is, is somewhat debatable, I guess. But, mm. but yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, for me, this is a, a push to recognize the shared faith the, the shared Savior, um, that we have one Father, same Spirit, that therefore we are brothers and sisters in Christ. So, yeah. And so, Joe, I mean, even as brothers and sisters in Christ, I mean, one of the things that we, you know, sometimes we have disagreements on which Bible translations we should be using more if or less. If you're dumb. <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm just saying there's disagreements. Among, okay, sure, I'm, there's I'm, disagreements. I'm, but, I'm, but, but we can, though, we do know there are some trusted versions out there, right? Okay, but... What would be like the gold standard for word for word translations? For word for word, okay, uh, NASB. Because yeah, it, obviously, obviously, obviously. obviously. What else he gonna go with? You gonna go with NLT? Message? Stop it! Stop it! With that. <laughs> what, can't, what? Can't, that's not word for word. <laughs> word for word, man. You got to go to NASB starting this month. Zondervan is publishing new, beautiful Bibles mm. in the NASB 1995 text with Zondervan's new exclusive NASB comfort print typeface. Uh, Jimmy, we got, we got some. I know. I, I finally got my hands on them this morning since I was oh, gone all week. Yeah. That one is beautiful. Jimmy got the single column I, uh, reference oh, Bible. Which is what I love. Those are the Bibles I love because that's what I love to study with in my, yeah, yeah I, I'm just, I'm excited. I got, I'm excited. I got the, uh, I got one uh, preaching Bible, but here's the thing. Out of all the new editions that are coming out this month, mm -hmm. uh, we want to tell you about the NESB, NESB Thinline Bibles. These Bibles are simple but beautiful text Bibles that are less than an inch thick. And they come in a variety of covers. and um, Less than an inch? Less, less, less than an inch. Now, these are a great option for anyone looking for a nice quality Bible that's easy to carry mm. in the OG NASB text. But is it gonna is it gonna have that comfort print? Well, it, they all got that comfort print. Now it's got the comfort. Yeah. Can they send us? Can maybe I can get one? We um, we just got the we got the we got the goats. I know, but I also want the thin line. All right, don't be greedy. If you if but if you want to get in on the NASB Bibles, go to nasb1995.com. Right, go nasb1995.com. You can see all about the comfort print. You can see all the editions that they have. Beautiful Bibles. We love ours. We know you will too. So Joe, as we continue on, let's look at uh, paragraph. Two of chapter mm -hmm. 26, okay? All right. All persons throughout the world professing the faith of the gospel and obedience unto God by Christ according unto it, not destroying their own profession by any errors, averting the foundation or unholiness of conversation, are and may be called visible saints, and of such ought all particular congregations to be constituted. Oh, well. Hmm. Okay, so... 
here in paragraph two, sort of picking up on this idea of unity, we yeah. see that we should be counting one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord if we have a sound orthodoxy, yep. right? Professing the faith of the gospel, um, if walking with Jesus, right? Obedience yep. unto God by Christ according unto it, um, you know, not destroying their own profession by any errors, averting the foundation or unholiness of conversation. So for a person to be considered a believer, a Christian in a local church mm-hmm. for a Baptist, um, they have to have an orthodox understanding of God and the gospel, uh, which would mean, you know, Trinitarian, um, you know, Christ's uh, death on the cross for sinners, faith alone, grace alone, you know, Christ yeah, yeah. alone kind of theology. And, um, but they also would need to demonstrate a, the the fruit of conversion they they it doesn't mean that they need to be perfect it doesn't no, no, mean no. that I mean good, obviously we would all fail everybody yeah, at Redeemer yeah. would fail but there's but but on the flip side we see many people that profess without actually living that out right yeah and 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 of course many people will profess many people will say uh, Lord look mm. at what I what I've done for you look at what I believed and yet they don't really know the Lord so I think it's important for us to keep in mind that you know as the confession says that a, a life of, of gospel obedience is a mark of, of a regenerate heart, which is ultimately where this is going. And that's why they said that these people would be considered visible saints. And that's actually a word that John Bunyan used mm. in his um, treatise on uh, differences in water baptism, no bar to communion. Okay. Right? That's, uh, I think that's the name of the treatise. And in that, he says that, you know, Paul is arguing when he goes through who is ready for the Lord's Supper, who should is who is admitted to the Lord's Supper. Um, Paul doesn't get into the issue of baptism at all, but he does talk about visible saints, essentially, right? That the people that are repenting of sin and walking with the Lord. And so uh, this this is, uh, you know, some Baptist language that I know some people push back against. And we'll talk mm. about some of that pushback in a little bit. But the bottom line here is that the confession is arguing that local churches should be made up of visible saints and and these visible saints though that does not necessarily mean they're part of the invisible church right i mean if they are a if if they are a visible saint they if if they're a saint if they're a believer then they are a part of the invisible church but just because you're in the exactly. church, exactly, that's what we're trying to get. Doesn't mean that yep. you're a. You could be in the church. You could even wind up as a member of the church. But yeah, you can you you can be. Um, like in the church, but not a believer, you can yeah. be. So yeah, it's like, it's like this. I like to this analogy that you know uh, I came up with. It's, oh, really? it's like just because you're in a church doesn't mean you're you're a Christian. Right. Kind of like if you're in a garage, doesn't make you a car. That's good. Yeah. Did you come up with that, I, that just now? T M. Wow. T M. Not R, not registered, but TM. No, just TM. Oh, it's kind of cheap. No, because yeah. someone else I think has the yeah, R. It takes a long time to get the R. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think. Like here's here's what I would keep in mind, that um, when it says you know local churches should be made up of visible saints, we're talking about formal members. You're going to have a lot of people in the church, uh, with the church, among the church, uh, who are not members of it, right? So you'll have seekers if you want to go that way, if you want to talk about that sort of stuff. People that have not yet been converted who are present and experience a lot a lot of different things, yeah. but are yet not aren't, are yet not are not yet converted, but. The point that's being made here is if you're going to be a formal member of the church, you must be a visible saint 
right? Which, and that's the, the, the principle here is regenerate church membership, which Baptists talk, talk about all the time. Yeah. So when we're talking about these things about uh, the church is being made up of visible saints, what does that then mean about church membership, right? Like, does that mean formal membership is important or maybe it's not important because, hey, I'm part of the visible saints. I'm part of the right, visible right. church. Is it really important for you to be then a member of a local congregation? Yeah, for, for Baptists and, and really for, for Presbyterians, uh, membership really does matter. Um, and regenerate church membership essentially means that uh, to be a member of a of a church, of a Baptist church, then your Orthodox profession and, you know, a, just a, a, a rather ordinary demonstration of Christian faith should, should be in place. So the question then is, is, well, how do you practice, how do you practice regenerate church membership? I mean, don't you ever only just take someone's word for it? And the answer is, is, well, on the front end, yeah, you probably do take someone's profession or confession and admit them into membership if they confess it everything but um part of the part of that process of joining a local church is people knowing you and so if mm. if you're confessing faith in Christ but we know well you're you're unfaithful to your wife and you're um you know uh persisting in unrepentant sin but we're we're going to stop there and say like well we want to take a look at you we want to we want to help you through this because you know based maybe on what you're going through you don't really look like a christian at all mm. and it's possible for real christians real saved people to not look like christians and of course it's possible for people who aren't christians to claim to be christians so you've got to sort of examine it the way that you practice regenerate church membership is ultimately through church discipline that's the, that's mm. the issue so i know like a Presbyterians, uh, I think, sometimes push back on this idea. But the idea of practicing regenerate church membership is that we practice discipline in such a way that if people are living ungodly lives who are impenitent, then we follow Matthew 18, we follow 1 Corinthians, and if people will not repent, then they are removed from membership in the local church. And that's, that's one of the ways that you practice regenerate church membership. But the reason it's important, Jimmy, is... Is well, it, it's obviously got a biblical mm-hmm. sort of practical mm-hmm. sort of importance in that way. But for us as Southern Baptists, oh, oh, what it's what? it's pretty important for us. Why, why is it really important as Southern Baptists? Because we have millions of people that are technically members of our churches who are never in church on a Sunday. In fact, hmm. in two thousand and eight, there was. Um, a resolution passed on regenerate church membership and church member restoration. So just listen to this. Here is the uh, here is some of the resolution um, that was passed. Whereas the ideal of regenerate church membership has long been and remains a cherished Baptist principle, with Article Six of the Baptist Faith and Message describing the church as a local congregation of baptized believers. And whereas the New Testament is composed, ba ba ba. Whereas local estate, ba ba ba. All right, here we go. Whereas the 2007 Southern Baptist Convention annual church profiles indicate that there are 16,266,920 members in the Southern Baptist churches. <laughs> and whereas those same profiles indicate that only 6,148,868 of those members attend a worship service of their church in a typical week. Um, the scriptures admonish us to uh, exercise church discipline each week. So here's the point. Um, m- much less than half much less than half of the people yeah. on our rolls are in church on Sunday. No, but the rolls are big, Joe. The rolls are big. Isn't that important? Yeah, I think we both know that big rolls aren't always good for you. No, you know no, saying, no. I, mm-hmm. Yes, I do know. Yes, I yes. do know. So we're, uh, uh, listen, uh, it's important because for a variety of reasons, and we don't have time to get into it now, 
Um, we have not really, as Baptists who cherish this principle, right, ideologically, have not practiced it. Not in the SBC, not the way that we should, not broadly. Because we admit people into membership without examination. We don't remove people from membership uh, when called upon. And uh, we're, we're violating this principle. This, this article, this chapter on the church is important for us on a number of different levels. And we're just getting into it. So we'd like to know your church, where you go, where you are a mm-hmm. member. Um, do you have membership? And if you don't, tell us what you think about it. Maybe some, I know I have friends that, uh, that their churches don't have, we have a friend, Dave Fandy. I don't think they have formal church membership yeah. and they, yet they seem to have a very healthy church. I love that church. Mm-hmm. You know what, Jimmy, I'll, I never say this, but if, if I was living there, oh, oh, well, yes. that would be my church home. Really? Yeah. Cause those people are awesome. You know what oh. those people remind me of? Who do they remind you of? People right here at Redeemer. Really? Yeah, never said that oh, before. No, you've but, never said but that before. That, seriously, man. That, that, I, lo- you've I never love said that, that about <laughs> the church in Wellington, the church down in Texas, the whole community of Portland. I just happen to find good mm-hmm. churches that are like mm-hmm. Redeemer. So, anywho. Um, or some men's camp that you're just at in Michigan. You're like, oh, those guys were great. Nah, they were, they were just all right. <laughs> no, that was like Ohio. And that was, that Ohio. was, that was, yeah, those were good church too. Faith mm-hmm. church. So here's the thing. Um, let us know if you don't have membership, uh, let us know what you think on social media about that. If you like it, if you don't like it. Um, and uh, yeah, how, Jimmy, how do they get into our social media convo? Yeah, you can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays. Later.